What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me. Veteransminimum.com is where you can find everything for the show. And my guest, my guy, one of my favorite people <laughs> at Blue Wire, Kenny King Jr. What's good, bro? Nick, what's good, brother? Man, how, how's the move to Vegas? Uh, it's been, uh, how can I say this? Exciting and exhausted and expensive. Yeah. Those are the three E's that I would go with, dude. Yeah. It was, I still haven't had like a real day off as far as like, I get to just be an asshole on my couch and <laughs> just, just pig out and chill just because I didn't have internet for the first couple of days for about like 10 days, I would say. Jesus. So it was horrible. So I was watching all the games out and I'm, I'm someone, I don't know about you, but I like watching them alone for the most part. Yeah. Unless it's a primetime game, then I don't mind going out. But when it comes to watching Red Zone, or, you know, the, well, I got to get used to saying the 10 a.m. starts. Yeah. And the 1 p.m. starts. I like watching that shit by myself. See, but you got to enjoy the fact that you don't have to wait until 8 p.m. for a game, though, right? Amazing. Like, isn't that great? Like, you can, you can do things after the game. Dude, last night when the game ended, it was like 8-15, the Packers-Bears game. Yeah. Packers get the job done. They, they beat the Bears outright. Uh, and covered comfortably, too. That was my favorite bet of the entire weekend. 10-0, and 0, by the way. You know, nice. I'm not going to break my hand patting myself on the Might back. i to hit you up for, for, for listen, picks. Listen, man, in the game, there's amateurs, and then there's some vets. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So that's what you got here. Been been on fire. Been a great start to the year. But going back to that, as I'm watching that game, that game ends. It's 8-15. I'm like, holy shit. I could, I could do something yeah. now. I could go out if I needed to. I can... You know, I ended up just meal prepping because I was bored and I was unfamiliar with like what's good right now, like what's yeah. good to do. And yeah, man, that's that's been one of my favorite things, dude. That's dope. You meet you meeting some cool people out here though. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. It's it, this is the tenth time that I came out to Vegas. Okay, so you're you're kind of a veteran already. Yeah, I've I've got to network with a lot of people, and everyone in the studio has been really awesome, and, and the people that live out here have been dope. So it, it's been it's been a good time, man, and and I'm excited to be out here. But I've been pretty exhausted for the most part. Oh, I bet. I'm sleeping early though, too. Really? Like, I'm in bed by 1030, well, up at seven. You were you were out you were out late uh Saturday night. Yeah. Came through the party. I appreciate that. Dude, that was a great time. <laughs> you almost had me. Oh, I was about to convert teams, bro. Bro, hey, that's what we do. Raider Nation knows how to throw a party. I can tell you that. May not know how to play football right now, <laughs> but they know how to throw a party. And we put together, I mean, that was our first event, obviously. Um it was huge. It was exciting. The party bus went off with with a, with a bang. Uh, Marquette King came through, which was dope because, you know, lo love him or hate him, that guy is, a, he's a great personality um, and great dude, too. And so, I mean, yeah, the party was fun. It was a good time. Glad you came out. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Shouts to Raider Cody also and some of the other guys over there. You got me on the pod as well, that live pod that was going down. That was dope. And it was cool, man. It was it was so cool, like, seeing all the Raider fans come out and, and all, like, the theme songs that were being played and that, like, real West Coast vibe. That was that yeah. was pretty awesome. And it was funny because at one point you're like, yo, what do you want to drink? And I was like, yo, Kenny, I make it easy, bro. I'm a white guy. I drink anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just line it up, and it was good. And uh, you were blessing me with some beers. But we need to get into some sports talk, dude, because, you know, you're, you're the big Raider guy. You're my Raiders guy. What's going on? Um, I knew you were gonna hit me with that. What, what was that yesterday, <laughs> dude? Because I was here, I was here, and and I'm watching the games on my laptop, and then I get home, and by the time I got home, 
I just see Kyler Murray running around for 20 Mississippi and then yeah. making that play. I, I don't know what happened. Like, when you're up 20 nothing, you expect it to be a win. You expect it to be, that's it. That's what you got. And, I mean, I don't know how they came back. I don't know what the hell happened. But, yeah, it was ridiculous. And then the fact that just Kyler went untouched. I mean, it was literally like a, he ran like 38 yards on a two-point conversion. It's like, come on, man. Um, but, you know, I think what the team is, like, they're, they're these close losses. And I think that that's one of the things that the Raiders have always done. It's most games that they're in are close. It's either a close win or a close loss. Like, you, you don't really see a lot of blowout, blowout losses. You don't see a lot of blowout wins. You basically just see this team that it's either going to win or it's not going to win. And this time, I don't know what the hell happened. It was like they started hot. Devontae Adams only had two, two, two catches, one, one touchdown. Uh, Hunter Renfro with rare fumbles, like two fumbles. That, 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 that shit just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, and so it was just, it was weird. Like it was just really, really weird. Dude, I want to, yeah, I don't want to like get at you, but tried to tell you about the, the one score games. Yeah. Like the Raiders last year, undefeated in overtime too. And that's, that's not just a Raider thing. Like it's so hard for you to, win those close games. Like, even if you look at the elite quarterbacks in the league, like, that's one of my things when I'm handicapping or, like, trying to predict, like, season-long outcomes. It's it's one of my rules of thumb is, what's your record in one-score games? Because year over year, it's not sustainable for you to right. go eight and one in one-score games. And I'm talking about, if you go back to, like, Brady with the Pats, Russ with, with, with the Seahawks, even Peyton Manning, so far back, it's just something that's not sustainable. And the Raiders had so many close wins last year. Mm -hmm. And another team we'll get to in a little bit, Cincinnati also had a bunch of close games last year. And now the ball ain't bouncing your way. That holding that didn't get called last year, now it's getting called. Yep. That PI is getting called against you when it was for you. So that's one of the things, man, in those, those one-score games for as good as Carr is. And, you know, everyone's getting on Carr as always. I feel like he's the scapegoat. Carr's the easy scapegoat. You know, it's if the Raiders lose, it's Carr's fault. Car throws no interceptions. It's Car's fault. Car throws three picks. It's, it's Car's fault. You know they Derek can. They tell they say they want Derek to be more aggressive. Derek's more aggressive. When you're more aggressive, you generally throw more picks. I mean, look at Brett Favre. Um, but when he's not aggressive and he checks down and he completes a bunch of passes, they don't like that either. So it's like Car's the guy everybody loves to hate. But then you talk to other other fans of other teams and they're like. Oh, I'd take Carr over our quarterback anyway. Bro, you know? are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've, what I've, do I got to do? Like, I've done, <laughs> I've done a, I've done a Browns pod. I've done uh, a Colts pod, and it was before, obviously, they got Watson with the Browns. But it's like you, you're telling me that you wouldn't take Carr over Baker Mayfield. You wouldn't take Carr over Matt Ryan. Like, it just, it makes no sense to me. I mean, yo, it, it all comes down to how I, I personally define what a franchise quarterback is. Yeah, you want him to win Super Bowls. Yeah, you want him to be MVP. But that's hard. That's hard for you to do. There's only one of each of those that comes out year yeah. in, year out. So to me, I feel like a franchise quarterback is when I draft you, am I avoiding that position for the next 10 years? And I know that you're available. It's You're productive. And you're just there. And you're an adult too, right? Yeah. Like you're, the way he handled everything that went down last year, I've been talking about that many times. Shouts to you. You've reposted that clip that I had about like, yo, I would have voted for him for MVP last year. 
I know from a stats standpoint, right. like guys have better numbers than them, but for like a human and a leader standpoint, which yeah. is what MVP used to be, he was he was the guy. So to me, with the Raiders, it's just offensive line still an issue. Uh, Derek Carr with with Devontae week one, you're like, yo, it's as if they're back at Fresno State. Right. And then in week two, they couldn't seem to get him the ball. But I just think that it's hard, man. When you're banking on these one-score games, it's it's really tough for you nah, to— you need to go out there and you need, to, you need to get some blowouts. You need to get some blowouts under your belt. Now, I think that, you know, we look at this 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 season, right, and then they've already started 0-2. Um, the cool thing is that they face all of the AFC West within the first five weeks. So, you know, you've got, you've got the Titans this week. Is that a good thing? For me, it is. I mean, because—and here, here's why. You have the Chiefs in Kansas City week five, which historically the Raiders play the Chiefs generally in, in Arrowhead after, like, November. And we all know the, the Derek Carr can't play in the cold theory, right? The last time the Raiders won in Arrowhead was, like, week six or seven, like, or something like that. Where, that was recent. Wasn't that like yeah, two years was, ago? Yeah, a couple years ago. It was a Henry Ruggs has scored a big touchdown. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, and it was, I mean, it was a crazy game, right? And, you know, so it, it gives you a little bit more confidence kind of going into that game. I think that, you know, if you go into, you know, obviously they need to put a couple wins up. But if you go into that game, you have the confidence going, okay, it's week five. Hopefully we beat the Broncos, you know. Uh, so you, you go in, you have, you know, you're one and one in the AFC West. You're going into this Kansas City game. Um, you know, Casey's off to a hot start right now. And this is, a, this is an opportunity for the Raiders to really make a statement and say, look, we can go into this game. And if you can beat the Chiefs, you're, you're two and one in the division. You know, you're sitting there. You've knocked, off, you've knocked off the top team in the division. And then you don't see them again until the end of the year, which is going to be a revenge game. And hopefully, you know, at that point, you're, we're talking playoff implications or not. Obviously, it's hard to talk playoffs right now at 0-2. But... You know, that's that's the opportunity that you have right there. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying because of the division, but I don't know if I would want to, if you're in the hole right now, like you are, to have to play those tough teams. Though Denver, like... Denver's... Look, Denver's a fraud. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what's good with that, man. I'm sorry. It's... It, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Russ is washed, but, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Well, so here's the thing, right, about Denver. Um, a lot of new pieces there, yep. mostly with the with the head coach and the quarterback. And I think Russ, it was crazy to give him that contract before he even played. It, it wasn't necessary. Like, no. they, he, he gets there. He was happy. It wasn't him holding the franchise hostage right. to get this deal done. And you give him that, and, man, that, that don't look that good right now. Nah, I mean, there's a lot of contracts out there right now that don't look good. I think Russ is one of them. I think Deshaun Watson's contract. I, I don't know how you pay that guy yeah. all that money. All well, that he threw the whole money. league into a loop. Yeah. Because now all these other teams that are negotiating, you think it's easy for Lamar now to get paid with exactly. everything? Because Lamar and his team are probably saying, even though he doesn't have an agent, he's probably saying, yo, if you're giving all this dude guaranteed money, and I'm way better as a player and as, as a, a person. person. Yeah. And I've accomplished more. Like, I went on this rant last week about Lamar. Like, he's the only quarterback that he's peered with. Like, all these guys that are under 26, 27 years old. And he's way more successful than all of them besides Mahomes, who's won a Super Bowl. Right. But he's won MVP. He's 38 and 12 as a starter. Well, 38 and 13 now after yesterday's loss. But 
dude is just always there. So with, with the Watson thing, like you're looking at that contract as, as a bad one too. But circling back to Russ, it just it just seems like that magic, that Russ magic and let Russ cook. It's not the same because yeah. he's up there in age now. He got banged up last year and he's not doing as much as he once was with Seattle. Right. That, that's the big takeaway for me. You know, I think that also, you know, you realize kind of the coach that Pete Carroll is and how I think he got a lot more out of Russ. I think that Russ was better with Pete Carroll. And I think that, you know, I think that they kind of needed each other. Like, even though there's there's probably turmoil there, I, they, they needed each other to be successful. I don't see Russ having that same type of success in, in, in Denver. And I'm not saying that as, as a Bronco hater. I'm not saying that as a Raider fan. I'm just saying that, Russ isn't the same guy that he was five years ago. You know, Russ isn't the same guy that that beat the beat the Broncos in a Super Bowl. This is, you know, this is well, a, that was also a decade ago almost. That's what I'm saying. Like it's been a minute. You know, like <laughs> when we start talking about the top quarterbacks in the league, you know, I know that people still have Russ up there in the top 10, but we might have to start having a conversation about that. Because I can name probably 10 quarterbacks better than Russ. And so I think that, you know. That's that's a conversation that we have with that is, you know, are the Denver are the Denver Broncos for real? I don't think they are. Yeah, they barely got by Houston yesterday. And that was the making of a young team that still don't got the talent. Mm -hmm. If they play any other team, I think they come away with a loss. Yeah. Because Houston just don't, you know, Brandon Cooks is cool. Everyone was excited about Pierce, the running back coming out. Like he was the fantasy darling. Everybody yeah. was all over him, right? Pierce is gonna make noise. And Nico Collins is cool, but they still they still need that like alpha skill player that could take over a game like you right. saw what AJ Brown did in that week one game against Detroit like yeah. that first half he was just cooking them up and you need that alpha wide receiver and they just don't have that right now but I think with Denver it's you know their defense also like the defense only looked that good because they were going up against a team like that and right. coming out the gates they play Geno Smith in Seattle which that was their Super Bowl yeah. Like, they were bugging out. And going back to your point about Russ with, with Pete Carroll, maybe Pete Carroll all these years knew more than what we did because he saw him all the time. And this whole let Russ cook and let Russ be great with the passing and whatnot, maybe there was a reason why they relied on the running game so much and they had the LOB behind them. Yeah. And, bro, he's been getting trashed by all his former teammates, well, I mean, too. I mean, think about it. You don't trade away a franchise quarterback if you want to keep a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, I hear you. But the thing that I would push back on is they were in an awful spot and they are in an awful spot because they have no assets because of the Jamal Adams trade and he's out for the year, yeah. which the Jets oh, leased them on that one. And he had already gotten paid and they were going through a rebuild. So it's like, do I want to rebuild with a $40 million quarterback a year? And I have nothing coming back with any assets. So that's why I think they got yeah. rid of him. But... I mean, still weird though. It's weird. Yeah, like you don't. You, you're not. You're not going to see the Chiefs aren't trading Pat Mahomes anytime soon. Nah. You know, I don't see the. I don't see the Bengals getting rid of Joe Burrow. I don't see the Chargers getting rid of Justin Herbert. You know what I'm saying? I don't see the Raiders trading Derek Carr. But you're going to let Russ go? Like, and I get. I get that he didn't want to be there, but there's ways to. There's ways to build that relationship back. There's ways to bring that back and say, you know what? What do you need? What do you need from us? You need, you, you need us to get receivers? We'll get receivers. You know, you bring in DK Metcalf. That guy's a freaking stud. You know, you need a running game? Let's get you a better running back. You know, because they haven't really had a great running back since Marshawn. And so, you know, I, I don't know. 
I, I think that there's a little bit more to that. And the fact that, and one of the things I talked about was the fact that when he went back and played the, played the Seahawks, what, DK hugged him, but nobody else really. Like, nobody, like, he was walking around looking for people. To embrace him. Yeah, like, it was, that was mad weird. So, that, that's, that was one thing that was a crazy takeaway is how much they've been trashing him since he yeah. left. Whether it's current players or the former players like Doug Baldwin, Richard Sherman, some of the other guys on defense. They know more than we know when it yep. comes to that stuff. And I think that's, that's been the craziest thing, man, with Denver. And I, I don't know. I was off Denver coming into the year. Like everyone was saying, oh, you know, recent memory you've seen. Brady leaves, goes to a new team, wins a Super Bowl. Stafford leaves, his team goes to a new team, wins a Super Bowl. And everyone was fantasy booking the same thing with Russ and Denver. It's like, yeah, but hold on. All those other teams were making the playoffs. And they were stacked already. And they were stacked. And yeah, yeah Tampa wasn't making the playoffs. But you looked at that roster. There's a reason why Brady handpicked them. Exactly. Brady wasn't going there because they were whack. Brady was like, yeah, yo, I got like, Mike I Evans. I got Godwin. This defense is loaded. Yeah. They spent a first round pick and worse. And he's probably the best tackle in football or yeah. one of. So with, with Russ and Denver, it was they just weren't. They haven't been good in a while. Yeah, I mean, there's... Look, I, 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 we see the Broncos a lot, right? And the Raiders have beat the Broncos. We beat them the past two years. We swept them. And they really don't have... They were supposed to have this great defense. They were supposed to have this tremendous defense that was supposed to go out there and, and like, you know, be a top 10 defense. They're not doing anything. You know, they looked, they looked good yesterday, but like you said, it's a young Houston Texans team that really, they haven't even found their footing yet. And I think that, you know, if they, if they keep Lovey there, I think Lovey's going to do a good job. I like Lovey Smith. But I think that, you know, the Broncos go in and play the Chargers, they're getting spanked. You know, the Broncos are going to get slapped around by the Chargers. They're going to get slapped around by us. They're going to get slapped around by the Chiefs. You know, you, you look at the top teams in the, in the AFC West, the top teams in the AFC, you know, I don't see the Broncos holding their own against them. What would you say if you had to rank the hatred you have for those teams in the AFC West? I don't think I ever asked you this, but what's the what's like the Raider fandom, the hate scale? It's kind of changing. Um, it's it's been kind of changing recently because is it because of the recent success? It, it's because of the recent the new fans that have come up. You know, there's this team that, that's got like five fans, and now all of a sudden they have like fifty. Um, the you know the you throw me in that group too? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I, I, I know. I know. You're just. I know you're just I'm just obsessed. trying to make money. I know you're obsessed with his boyish good looks and, and the, the long hair and all that. But but no, dude, Charger fans have been really, really annoying lately. And it's for a team that has not won anything, for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs, for a team that the Raiders knocked out of the playoffs, they act like they've won a lot. And Charger fans have just been really frustrating. But I, I would say my hatred starts at, at this. So you got the Chiefs at one. Uh, you have the Broncos at two, the Chargers at three. Those are for the teams. Mm. As fan bases go, I would say Chargers one, Broncos two, Chiefs three. Chiefs fans are actually really cool. Like, most of them are pretty cool. Um, Broncos fans, though, that's like one of the worst stadiums to go to to watch a game. Because they'll, like, they'll throw beer at you. They'll throw food at you. They'll talk shit. They, like, they, they, they're rude. And then Charger fans, I mean, there's not many of them. So that's why I put them, um, you know, there. But they're, they're really big on social media. But as you can see, like, they have a, bu a bunch of fake obvies and stuff like that. So it's probably just, like, 14-year-old little boys. <laughs> Yo, what would you say about uh, Justin Herbert, though? Like, try to, try to keep your bias aside. Because 
he he duked it out with Mahomes. And every time them two guys face off, it's always like magic, right? Like these two guys are really like the cream of the crop when it comes. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com